With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Uh, yes, indeed. Very good evening to you and welcome to Off The Tee on a Melbourne Cup day. I hope you found a winner some way, somehow, and had a very good Melbourne Cup day, however you put it in, wherever you put it in, however you took it in. It's great to have your company now as we delve into the wonderful world of golf. No one better to do that with, of course, than the uh, former world number 16, the only man with a two-zip record in match play golf against Tiger Woods. Uh, and so a man who's in, in a very, very good position to answer a question that we're going to ask a little bit later, Nick Ahern, and there'll be a reason for it. We'll get people's minds ticking over now. Who would play Tiger Woods in a movie? Mm, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? I'll, uh, I'm going to have a bit of a think about that, but I'm sure we've got a few names up there. We will. So we'll get to that uh, in just a moment. So plenty to get through uh, this week, of course. And then by the time we finish up, you'll get your ping, play your best golf tip of the week. Thanks to our very good friends at Ping Golf, uh, all the equipment to make sure that you play your best. And also, uh, thanks to Big Swing Golf, Nick Ahern's going to take you through a course that you can play at the best golf simulator in the business at Big Swing Golf uh, that he has played in real life. Uh, so that and a whole lot more to look forward to. Um, Nick Ahern, have we ever, ever started off the show speaking about an amateur win? <laughs> no, we haven't as yet, but it was a big one, wasn't it? It was. This to win the Asia Pacific Amateur Championship. Yes, indeed, that was some up and down. And Harrison Crow of Australia is the 2022 Asia Pacific Amateur Champion. And he has earned the invitation to the Masters at a spot in the 151st Open next summer at Royal Liverpool. So long from Thailand, where Harrison Crow has won the 2022 Asia Pacific Championship. I don't think it's sunk in yet, but it feels amazing right now. Um, I came out here uh, this week with something to prove and I'm extremely proud of myself the way I hung in there today. I have so many people out here today and um, to have my dad and so many other family and friends out here today has just been awesome, absolutely awesome. Well, it has been awesome. It was awesome. Harrison Crow, what a performance this was, Nick Ahern. He had a three-shot lead going into the final day uh, to win this prestigious tournament. Uh, Two-shot lead, sorry, and then uh, had three bogeys mm. uh, on the front nine and was sort of falling in a hole yeah, he was right strug- before our eyes. He was struggling a little bit on the front nine. He turned in three over and his playing partner, uh, Bo Jin from China, he was playing some very steady and solid golf. So he took that lead into the back nine. But then I think on, uh, what did Crow do? Let's see. I think he birdied 11, 12, 13, and 15. So he's four under in five holes and finally got 
back to the spot that he started at, tied with the lead with Bo Jin, and then it all changed on the last few holes. Uh, Crow actually bogeyed 16 to give the lead back to Bo Jin, and then on 17, I don't know if you saw this golf hole, but it's an island green, little par three. It measured about 130 yards. Incredible. You have to take a boat to get to the green. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that before. And it was about a wedge, but it was playing quite tricky because there was a lot of wind and they had the pin right up the front on this island green. I'm sure if you had that green anywhere else, you'd think, oh, no big deal. But when it's surrounded by water, very reminiscent of the 17th hole at Sawgrass, you know, where the Players' Championship is held. And Bojin got up there, tried to hit a little knockdown nine on, I think, yeah. under the wind. Unfortunately, he pulled it, went in the water. Uh, this was Crow's big chance. And he hit a beautiful little controlled flighted shot to the middle of the green, made par. Bojin made double. So now Crow has the one shot lead. And then you go to the 18th hole, which is one of the toughest holes on the golf course. And uh, all three players in the last group hit really good drives back into the breeze. And then Crow basically had this had this second shot into the green thinking, right, if I make par and I win, and par's going to get me in the Masters and the British Open. So all I've got to do is hit a good iron shot in here. Unfortunately, he pulled it long left. He thought it was going in the water, but he did flush it, he said afterwards. So he thought, oh, I had a chance to stay dry. It went a little long left and he faced a very tricky chip shot, pitched it up to about four feet and knocked it in for the win. It was it was clutch stuff. He said after the, the tournament that he just wanted to have a good solid week and then move on to the next phase of his life. The next phase of his life was going to be turning pro. This delays that <laughs> quite substantially because, as you heard in the commentary, he now books passage to the Masters and the Open Championship, uh, and he will head to both of those events as an amateur. Um, this is a guy that last year had the pleasure of calling the New South Wales Amateur, and then when you and I got together for the New South Wales Open, we're speaking off air, maybe even on air, and I said, have you seen this kid? There's something, because there is something about him. It's not just that he's a good golfer. He's a good-looking young fella, I think. He's got a bit of swagger about him. Not an arrogance, mm. but a confidence. There's a bit of a, uh, he's got a bit of lad mm. about him. Not that he's going to get into trouble, although he might have when he was over there <laughs> around the time that Cam Smith, because he's now become a viral sensation, of course, Nick Ahern, because he attempted to do what Ernie Els did um, famously or infamously, it lives on in golf mythology. That I think when Ernie did it was about four a.m. Yeah, it was uh, early morning. Were you there, Bonnie? No, I wasn't there. No. <laughs> when Ernie Els hit from outside the pub across the buildings yeah. onto the 18th it's, um, it's, at St Andrews on the old course, um, yeah. Harrison. It's the famous shot from the Dunvegan Hotel, which is the yeah. pub where all the players go to after the Dunhill Links, you know, when you're there or after the British Open uh, at night. That's the pub everyone goes to. You walk in there and there's all of these pictures. It's history of golf in there. And obviously Harrison was there with some mates. It wasn't, you know, 3 a.m. It was more late evening. Yeah. Or sorry, late the afternoon, sun, early the evening. Sun setting. There was yeah. still a bit of light, but it does stay light till 11 o'clock over there. And uh, they egged him on and he said, no, I'll have a crack at it. And I think he hit like a seven iron or a six iron, something like that from outside the front of the pub onto the 18th green. And it's an, not actually legal, but um, <laughs> it's one of those things that, hey, you can hang your hat on that and say you've done it. And then I think he used that same club, the two putt in, and as I think he says in the video, birdie, that's not bad. <laughs> so he's got a bit of that about him. Yeah. Um, and then when you and I called him winning the New South Wales Open, just the sixth amateur to ever do that. Um, I heard uh, Andy Ma saying yesterday that um, the last person to do what he's done winning that and then this tournament uh, was Jim Ferrier, who ended up being, you know, back in the 40s and 50s, an 18-time PGA winner, top 
six at the Masters on numerous occasions. So, um, I just there's something about this guy. Mm. I think when, when you look at Harrison Crow, what are you seeing? Because I, I I tend to look at him and think, I wonder if this guy looks like he might be the complete package. He's well, if you watch him play, it looks as though he's got the complete package for sure. And I remember that New South Wales Open we called yeah uh, earlier this year at the Concord Golf Club. He had a share of the lead, or he might have had a one-stroke lead going into that final round. He went out and grabbed that tournament by by the throat. He birdied the first three holes and said. Sorry, but this tournament's mine. So mm. when you see a young player, whether it's amateur or pro, do that, you go, hang on, this guy is something special. And the way he finished this golf tournament off uh, to win it over the over the Chinese player, it was truly spectacular. And as you say, there's something about him, whether it's moxie or that X factor that you need in this game to succeed at the highest level, he definitely has it. And if there's ever a reason not to turn pro, well... The Masters and the Open Championship are probably about as good of reasons as you're going to do it. So when he does turn and and go professional, he'll certainly have some great tournaments under his belt already. Uh, so, I mean, that's just a very, very exciting um, year that he's got ahead of him. And I think I think he's 21 years of age. So it, these are these are the moments and these are the kind of players that we we get excited about in in terms of the future. And what the future looks like for for Australian golf, because he's he, because he's not only did he win uh, in, in the last year, he's won New South Wales Open, uh, New South Wales Amateur, Vic Amateur, and the Australian Master of Amateurs, and I think he's ranked forty second in the world for amateurs at the moment. But well, that's high, I think, <laughs> the way he's playing at the moment. Yeah, wow, that's incredible. The other the other young Australian who did really well was our Jeffrey Guan. Yes, yeah, so you're very big. Yeah. You're very big on Jeffrey. Well, mainly through you and Porter, who's a mate of mine. Yeah. And he calls the golf with me, and he's been talk- talking about Jeffrey for quite some time. So he finished tied third in the event. Also, another young guy, Carl Billups, had a good result, tied eleventh, and Connor McKinney tied twenty fourth. So the Aussies were really making themselves well known. And it was great to see on the last green as well when Harrison made that final putt. They all came out and they showered him with, well, what, it was water. Um, yeah. It was pretty hot out there, so it <laughs> yeah. was probably nice. But yeah, very, really good to see that cool down. team unity out there. And I saw, um, you know, the VIS coach there, um, Dean Kinney out there as well, which was great to see. You know, so they have a great support staff, Golf Australia, with these young players. And, and next year, this, this tournament, the um, Asian Pan Pacific, it's, uh, it's coming to Royal Melbourne next year. Is that right? So if you're a golf fan and you want to see some of the best amateurs in the world, well, book your Absolutely. ticket. Absolutely. Get your ticket. And then you get to claim them. See, I, because you were my witness, I claimed Harrison Crow. I'm, I've, I've been on him yeah. for a while. So <laughs> so you, you've got Jeffrey. Okay. I've got Harrison. Um, no, we, we're very proud of both of them. And, and, and again, it just, the future's bright. Oh, it certainly is. And, and Australian golf, the way on the men's and women's side, it's looking very, very strong at the moment. It is. Uh, Aussies have done well over the last week. There's some great results to sink our teeth into. And as we talk about these young guys, hey, maybe one day, Nick, they can be the next representatives for Team Punch. Uh, at the, <laughs> <laughs> Team at the Punch. Golf. We are going to talk about uh, the live finale because it was uh, fascinating to watch unfold and the way in which it unfolded. Cam Smith had a big say. The Aussies have done well. They've got a very, very healthy payday from it. And we'll talk about uh, the live finale in Miami. Was it a golf tournament or a Donald Trump rally? Sometimes it was hard <laughs> to tell uh, which. But we'll talk about that on the other side of this on Off the Tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast.
days of scintillating golf in Miami, your inaugural Live Golf Team Champions are the all-conquering, the relentlessly excellent, the all-American four aces. Well, that was the moment that Dustin Johnson claimed a little piece of history, uh, albeit contentious, uh, or it might be infamy, um, depending on how this is all going to play out with Live Golf. But they, after crowning um, a couple of weeks ago their player of the year, uh, Dustin Johnson, who got a $25 million Australia bonus check uh, for claiming that honour, he also adds another six mil to that Australian uh, as he holds that putt for par to secure a one-shot win for the four Aces team uh, to take out uh, the inaugural team championship event for Live Golf. Um, it was at uh, Donald Trump's course, uh, a course that you know well, uh, Nick Ahern, uh, at uh, Dural, the home of the Blue Monster. But the Aces, Dustin Johnson, Taylor Gooch, Patrick Reed, Pat Perez, uh, a one-shot win over the Aussie team. Team Punch, Cam Smith, uh, shot a 65 on the final day. They went down by one, Mark Leishman, Matt Jones, Wade Ormsby. Uh, it was actually Patrick Reed's birdie that meant that Johnson only needed to get a par, but uh, Reed was over on the second, I think, birdied. Johnson had to make a par and did. Um, and that's how it all unfolded. This extraordinary team yeah. event series that I-, I found the most enjoyable to watch of all the live things that I have watched. What did you make of it all? Yeah, I I, I agree. I think the the team aspect of this one really played mm. the biggest part. And and they changed formats midway through. So So the opening two days... Uh, you had the four players on each team. They played two singles matches and an alternate shot match against another team. So if you win two out of the three matches, you go through to the next round. And then on the final day, the Aussies made it through, Team Punch. They they won both matches on the Friday and the Saturday. They go through to the final um, uh, the final round. And yeah, it was four, final, four, four teams. teams. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they play stroke play. So the match play has gone out of it. Now it's four... Uh, scores that are accumulated together, and that is your team score. So there's no um, there's no extra wheel. Basically, everyone has to play really well. I mean, one of the teams, the the, the Stingers, which had Oosthuizen, he shot a 71. Schwartzel shot a 71. Charles Schwartzel, and then the other two guys, the other South Africans, they let the side down because Henny Duplessis had 76, and Brandon Grace shot 80. 80. Yeah. So he mustn't be feeling very good about that as well. I'm sure the million dollar check sort of helps uh, soften the blow, but um, yep. But from the Aussies, you know, the man who led the way was real Camp Smith. I mean, shot 65 around uh, the Blue Monster Doral golf course. That, that is some very, very good at golf. And it's very famous golf course because Craig Parry hold his second shot in a, in a playoff against Scott Verplank many, many years ago. I don't know if you remember this shot, but he... Yes, he, I do. Yeah, it was a six iron and he hold it on the last and it was just uh, one of the most amazing shots and probably the shot of his career. So has a lot of uh, infamy, this golf course, and, and now it will go down as, as the inaugural uh, Live Team Championship venue. So um, Cam Smith, firstly, so he, he shoots a seven under, mm. uh, three shots better than anybody else on, on the final day. It was his birdie putt on day one that got a win over Mickelson, which meant that punch went through to the semis and then just gave Phil a little clip on the way through for maybe playing a little slow, a little bit of gamesmanship. So there's feeling in this. There's, and, and I'll get to that in a minute, but then on the second day, it was actually the other, the other guys stepped up. Um, Ormsby and Jones won their combined and that was crucial. Leishman got a win. Smith didn't, but then today or Sunday, sorry, not today, we're two days behind. Um, on the I watched it today. Um, 
the uh, so Cam Smith then has that day, yeah, which he'd actually he'd actually levelled it up. Leishman actually Leishman got his second birdie of the day to level it up between the two teams. He was playing with Reed, I think. So he gets a birdie. It's all level, and then they go to the 18th, and Johnson crushes his drive straight down the fairway. Quickly playing, Smith went off to the right, had to hit through trees, um, and then hits over the back bunker, the, the back right bunker. Yep. Has to clear all the gallery away. There's a lot of people there. Yeah, big so turnout. Water all the way down the left. You yeah. just can't go left, which is why he went long and right. Yeah. So then he has to chip on, and he chipped on. Perfectly from ground that had been had people standing on it trampled, such so flattened, not much underneath. Perfect little bump and run and it sets up the par. Johnson hit a safe approach to the right hand side, and then is allowed to two putt. But if it wasn't for Patrick Reed's birdie, he mm. needed to sink that. Yeah. Otherwise, um, they tie. So. In, um, in a way, that's the confusing thing with the shotgun start, though, because there's multiple things happening all at once, and you're not actually quite sure. See, I liked that. You liked that. I yeah, did. Okay. Cause, and, and as it worked, it worked out perfectly for the live organisers because you had the two best players, Dustin Johnson and Cameron Smith, going head-to-head -head down the last hole. Now, it could have been a blowout, you know, six mm. or a seven or an eight-shot win. However, just the way it worked out, and I well off the stick it was. Yeah, off the stick, Cam Smith blew. Well, he did him but away on the team side of things. Yeah. It obviously wasn't. It was only a one-stroke victory, and and Pat Perez, he must be. I mean, he's obviously counted his lucky stars all season <laughs> because he hasn't played very good golf, no. and he's won I think about eight or nine million dollars for the. Do you know why he's there? Go on. DJ campaigned for him. Oh, he did. Dustin okay. Johnson said, "I want Pat." And I want him on my team. Yeah. And and Pat Perez spoke to that after. He said, I owe him a lot because he he pushed for me. Yeah. He got him in for the party, I think, after every win. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, the cameras were on Pat Perez, mullet just twitching, um, ready to – he's on his knees on the green, ready to run on with, yeah. the, with the champagne. But I found it really interesting. So there's all the debate about world ranking points and how do they get them and what will happen all there. Um, as I said, I enjoyed this more than anything. Yeah. Like, I wonder whether – what they have is what they should be satisfied with. That's get a team event, get people, I suppose, buying into the team aspect. So people buy their punch paraphernalia, come up with better names, please. Oh, but, yeah. but, but come up with, and they'll maybe sell the franchises and the aces and you're a punch guy, you're an aces guy, you're a stingers guy, um, whoever you support, and maybe tap into that more. I know they want to keep it keep pushing for ranking points and do all that kind of stuff. You have been a big disruptor in the, you have created something new and something that's your own. Do you think that they should maybe just forget all the other stuff, especially today now that the open championship has said, if you've won an open championship, you'll forever be able to play. So that's big news for Cam Smith. And there's three other open champions that are playing live who that would have been very good news for. doesn't mean that every other major is going to follow suit, but for you, do you think, understand what you have and maybe tap into that while, instead of worrying about what you don't have. Yeah. No, I, I, I do agree in that regard in the fact that the, the other live events that I have sort of paid attention to and watched, I've, I've always just felt a bit meh, you know, yeah. Okay. <laughs> is that the right word? Meh. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure this really excites me too much, but this particular one where you had the team aspect of the match play going on, you had the alternate shot. There was a bit more, uh, urgency or a bit more pressure, I think, on each individual match. Whereas the mm. other ones, it was like, okay, just get me to the last hole because that's when someone's going to win four million dollars and and the team, whatever. Mm. I mean, the, the team could could get blown out or whatever. But but this particular one with this team format, I thought this is actually something very interesting, and they could really tap into that, as you say. Maybe they do that 
every week out there and and then people will buy into the team aspect because that is going to be their biggest selling point going forward. Now, if they do it that way, I'm sorry, but world ranking points are gone. I mean, they're yep. not going to be able to do that because they need an individual event to happen. Now, I have heard next season they're going to go from eight events to 14 events. They're going to bring in an extra player to every team. So there's going to be 60 players rather than 48. Every team will have... Again, this is what I'm hearing, a substitute. So you can substitute players and, in and out. And are you hearing the rumours already of the couple that they that uh, people are starting to think more and more might be heading there? No, go on. Uh, Cantlay and uh, oh, Chauffeur. Sorry. Yeah, well, that was announced by the Live Rumour Mill. So yeah. you, you take that with a grain of salt, yeah. I would think. Yeah. So. Hasn't had a denial yet. Oh, okay. Normally, yeah. well, from what I can, there might be, right. but I haven't found it today. With but, those guys, I'd be very surprised, yeah. to be honest. I, I have a feeling the Live go- golfers, that they're, they're, they're not set in stone, but... It's going to be pretty hard to pull the top players now away from the PGA Tour after all the announcements they've the made extras, throughout the yeah. year. Mm. So, and that's so, I, I, yeah. So, as I'm watching this go, you're watching Smith and Johnson, but then they're crossing over to, oh, Leishman's just birdied. So they're all square. Oh, Reed birdie. So now it's one, now it's the, the, the shots in one. What stood out to me, though, is they don't have as many course officials. So they're really having to fight hard to get silence and to get settled crowd. I would maybe. Maybe let go of that. Well, they—that's their motto. It's golf, but louder. So they—they've yeah. got the music the, on in the background. Do you know who was doing and... it? The caddies. Oh, really? So the caddies. Can everyone be quiet, please. Like, uh, <laughs> what's um, Cam Smith's caddy's name? Oh, uh, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. So he was having to tell the crowd right. to be quiet, yeah, good and then luck. as they're walking so it, through the crowd, like the crowd are saying, um, "Reed's just birdied. You're, you're you're one down." Like, so <laughs> so there was this really. I I actually found it an exciting. Yeah. Well, Exciting way to do it. It, it attracts a, a different um, type of person, I think, to the golf. <laughs> what are you saying about me? Because I, no, no, I no, said, I'm saying over there with the crowd. <laughs> there, there, there are a lot of what do they call it's the MAGA crowd, and that, and that's oh yeah, of, that sort of when stuff. one of the biggest cheers came for Donald Trump's son, and I went, oh yeah, okay, yeah. this is interesting. I mean, um, next year if they do get that event here in Australia, that that will be fascinating to see how that yeah. plays out. I'm very interested. I don't know whether it's going to be an amazing event or whether it'll be something so controversial. Uh, again, we should it, go. Oh, absolutely. We'll yeah. go and, and, and see how, how we feel. Well, maybe we can commentate. You know, that'd be a bit of fun. Get added to the, <laughs> well, I think you could very easily uh, get onto that commentary team. I don't know oh, if they're in, in, keen to have me at this stage. <laughs> um, no, so that was the way that the, the live season finished. So what next is going to be just as fascinating as what we've seen. Yeah. So they're, they're here. They're not going anywhere. Um, the PGA have responded. As we've said a few times, Nick, before we get to the break, one of the things it has done is that every player that is going to stay on the PGA now has a much better PGA existence. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, all the players are, are all the better off for this. Yeah. And the lawyers and the agents, obviously. <laughs> I've got a question for you. I want to ask this before the break. Is, okay. Uh, what is your favourite team name and what is the worst team name? And I'll give you the list right now. It's the Four Aces, the Crushers, the Fireballs, the Stingers, uh, Smash, Majestics. Just keep these in your head. Talk, High Flyers, Ironheads, Cliques, Punch, of course, the Aussies, and the Niblicks. What, what sort of stands out to you there is the best and the worst? What stands out to me is that that's an awful, awful set of names. <laughs> um, there's no two ways about it. I think I can st- – I mean, the f- I understand why the Crushers have got Bryson DeChambeau, so I get sure. that. That's okay. I like the Ironheads. You I like the Ironheads? I don't mind that. I mean, at least tap into something okay. I mean, to do with golf. 
Yep. Team punch. I mean, what do they think Australians <laughs> are? Just, well, just <laughs> knock shots under the wind. Just maybe drunken cretins. <laughs> the, the Aussie team will just yeah. be punch because that's what they do. Well, the high flyers are spelt with a H Y. I'm not sure why they uh, went that way, but anyway. that's interesting as well. Yeah. Talk. Yeah, it's not a car. No. Um, what about the fireballs? I think that's, the fireballs is good. That, yeah, that's fine. I like the yeah. fireballs. That's, um, that sticks out to me. And they could have great balls of fire as their theme songs. That's mm. the only thing we've got to think about when the teams <laughs> are coming up. What songs are playing them out? Um, the Niblicks. Uh, that's no, no. I, I don't like that. The Cleeks, I don't understand that. The Cleeks could be the worst name, I think. A, yeah. Cle- a Cleek was an old-time golf club that they used to use you know, with the uh, hickory shafts and all that. The Majestics, oh, that sounds like a Marvel It's uh, got to be the English team, is it? Is that what? Who uh, the Ma- no. well, the, yeah, the Majestics, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Henrik go. Stenson, Sam Horsfield. Well, sort of an English. I don't even know if I've answered your question. I mean, yeah, the Four Aces. It's just so four hard aces, to choose from, isn't it? Four Aces sounds like a poker you know, it's, Quartet. you would think that, but it's not. It's to do with holes in one. Yeah, When you read what it's about. Um, but I would have gone, yeah, it's a full house or something. Yeah. Yeah, well, not a full house, but four of a kind. That or a, um, like a, one of the, the, the uh, what, would it, what kind of music was it in the, oh. like the high tops, like the, <laughs> like oh, a doo-wop sort of. Uh, yep. I, I know. Anyway, we've gone down a rabbit hole yeah, here. I but I, but, and I appreciate you taking us there because that would be my only other thing. And the logos. They get, need to get something that doesn't the look logos, like a colon. Yeah, so the aces look <laughs> like a baseball. Yeah, and the crushes. Yeah, so they, they, that's – have another go. You've yeah. got in the yeah. off-season, yeah. redo the names, redo the logos, and, and go for the team format. I, I, because I, I think the stingers, you look at that logo as well, and it's it's not pretty. So, anyway. The smash, yeah, the smash looks like something else that I don't know if they would have intended it to, <laughs> which I don't know what our fa- how family-friendly our time slot is. Um yeah, I'd have another go at some of those. Some of them look like bad tattoos. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, have your say, Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We'll turn our attention to PGA, some good results for the Aussies there and uh, and a couple of other results. And then I want to talk about a new movie that's coming out about one of the most um, fascinating characters and notorious characters in world golf. We believe there's a movie coming. We'll talk about that on the other side of this on Off the Tee. You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Uh, Before we get into some of the other results from the week, Nick, I just wanted to touch on uh, that again, that um, it has been essentially confirmed by the RNA that they will be, that they don't want um, to... I suppose step away from 150 years of of tradition um, by not having uh, the past champions there. So um, it was uh, Martin Slumbers, who's the chief of the RNA, um, who was quoted as saying uh, he doesn't want to betray 150 years of history by not being open. He said, we'll go public in Jan, Feb with what we're going to do with regard to the live golfers. But if you want to go, I'd go back to what I said in July. We're not banning anyone. The name says it all. And that's important. We will do, uh, what we will do is ensure that there are appropriate pathways and ways to qualify. Um, so Cam Smith, um, Louis Oosthuizen, uh, Phil Mickelson and Henrik Stenson, who are all other live players um, and all open champions, will be able to return. They did um, uninvite Greg Norman, but I think that was more to do with, at the time, the comments that had been made and controversy and not wanting to um, detract from the 150th year. So it's mm. like, mate, there's a lot of noise around you. Let's just not have that noise. So that's a bit different to what they're talking about moving forward. 
happy with that call? Yeah, I think so. It, it's an open championship for a reason. I think the US Open will probably go down a similar uh, criteria or agenda. Now, when they do come out with the qualifications in January or February, there may be some tweaks there that people are going, hmm, okay, that's interesting. However, a lot of it's going to be based off the world rankings. And obviously, we've spoken about this multiple times. Those players that do play live, they're just tumbling down the world rankings at mm. this stage. So how many will be in that top 50 come the uh, cutoff point? I really don't know. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But it's no surprise that the Open um, have said that. Now, they may change some other little criteria along the way. Who knows? But it's good for the golf, uh, good for the tournament especially, because they want to have the best players there. So you're comfortable with those players um, oh, for sure. maintaining and, and, yeah. and keeping on? Are you? Do you feel and like... Even Dustin Johnson, who when he started live was, I think, in the top 15 or just outside, definitely inside the top 20. Oh, very. Uh, he's now 31st in the world. Is he 31 now? Wow. Yeah. He's t- yeah, because he was top 10 uh, probably when he started, or 15, as you say. Yeah. Uh, it, it is amazing how quickly you do drop down without playing any of these world ranking pointed events. Um, and that's that's obviously a big call. He, he'll still be in that top 50 by that mm. stage. That's for sure. So, yeah. And uh, interesting that, Phil Mickelson, and there's more war of words. Rory McIlroy had a bit to say about the betrayal and everything like that. When I asked Phil Mickelson about it again before Lee, he said, look, I, I, I'm a big fan of Rory. I really like Rory. I think I want to talk more about what we're doing here. Mm. So I, I wonder whether that's the other, like Norman continues to want to have a few pot shots, but I wonder whether that's the direction now for Liv to say, we will just, we don't need to keep having a fight with everybody. Yeah. Well, um, I noticed Norman was more in the background with this last event with Miami. Yeah. Now, whether that's a sign of things to come, whether they're going to get someone else in to run it and he may step aside or step back, I don't know. But at their season in the event, that sort of was a bit of a signal, I think, for him not to be yeah. front and center as he has throughout the whole series. So I'm not sure. But again, with these, with these majors, I will make one point. Uh, you're still going to be able to pre-qualify. You can go to local qualifying for the British Open, the US yep. Ocean. They have sec- sectionals, etc. So those players who aren't exempt go go to the qualifying. It's going to make for you know some great little run-up events. Imagine in that, that sense. being a qualifier and you look over and is that Dustin Johnson <laughs> <laughs> or whoever it might be? I've had to do it. I've yeah. been at US Open yeah. qualifiers, and, um, and some of the players you see, you go, really? He's yeah. not exempt. It's just the way the way the game is. Um, and the other thing too is if, if they're that keen on the peace talks and can we live in harmony and unison and is there, you know, a spot for us all to work together, the PGA are just flatly refusing to speak to Greg Norman. That's as, He's as much of a part of the reason why as, as anything. So I wonder, you could be onto something there. Um, so PGA events, the Bermuda Championship was on. This is the event that Lucas Herbert won last year. Um, Seamus Power, uh, the Irishman, um, jumps up uh, just outside the top 30 now. Um, a one-shot win in the Bermuda Championship over Thomas Detry from Germany. Um, and, and this is uh, great for him. It's his second PGA win from County Waterford in Ireland. Um, was able to hold on to a one-shot win. But some really good results for Australians in, in this uh, tournament. There was, yeah. Aaron Badley, he, he played really well throughout the whole week. He actually Monday qualified to get into the tournament. So just Monday qualifying is an achievement in itself. So mm. it shows you he still has the drive to get out there. And he was, I think he was running tied around third position going into the final round. He had a really good chance to make headways and unfortunately didn't quite finish it off. He just uh, made a couple of late bogeys, but he did finish in a tie for six, which was great. He started the day in, in that third position. As I said, Harrison... Endicott, yes, he's continuing his good form to, to start his career. He ended up being tenth position outright. Now the other thing about this is 
because top 10, if you finish top 10, you automatically get into the next tournament. So Aaron Badley and, uh, and uh, Endicott, who I wasn't sure whether he was into the next event, which is Maya Cobra in Mexico, they're both going to be uh, fully exempt into that tournament. So there's another yeah. start for both of those players, which is Looking great. for his fifth or sixth win, because he was only two shots back going into the final day, Aaron Baddeley. So he yeah, was he's right had four in the PGA hunt. Tour wins. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while between drinks. You know, it's probably 2019? Some, yeah, it could have been a few years yeah. ago. Uh, or maybe that was for his last top 10. It might have been about five years ago for his last win. But uh, I tell you what. He's got some long hair. You'd like his hair, wouldn't you, Sam? Because uh, I do look it, at it with a, a slight bit of envy, oh, yeah. um, given but it, that I'm so follically challenged. It uh, was so windy out there, and I'm thinking, yeah. how is he keeping the hair out of his face? So, uh, but that's just uh, that's just bad. And he's still one of the best putters in the world for sure. And uh, and it was just a really good week for him. But as you said, Irishman Seamus Power. He was the top ranked player there, the only player in the top fifty. It's, mm. it's it was one of the PGA Tour's weakest events. And because it's at the start of this new season, and the other thing that Liv does is they, they tend to line up their uh, their events with some of the weaker fields. Yeah, that's clever scheduling. Mm. Yeah. Um, and well done to Harrison Endicott. He's gone from Corn Ferry straight into PGA, qualified there, and it's not an e- it's a gruelling existence. Uh, and he's continuing on, not taking a break, and he's got his first top 10. That's uh, a fantastic result for him, and we're wrapped for him. DP World Tour. Uh, Jordan Smith uh, won the Dom Pedro Victoria Golf, uh, the Portugal Masters at Dom Pedro Victoria Golf Course in Vila Moura in Portugal. You'll correct my pronunciation. No, as well sounds about man. right, yeah. actually. Yeah, the... uh, best of the Aussies? Uh, best of the Aussies was Jason Scribner finishing in tied for 18th. Um, and that was a nice finish for it because this was the last event uh, on their regular season before mm. they go into the uh, the race to Dubai ones. Um, so that locked, hit, locked up his card. He was about 110 going into that, and now he's 102. Top 117, keep the cards. Uh, the other Aussies to make the cut was Maverick Antcliffe, uh, tied for 34th, and Scott Hen tied 68th. Now, both of those finish well outside that top 117. So they're either going to have to go back to Q School or, or look at other tours to go and play. So... Um, yeah. we, we will take any feedback on this next topic of conversation that you would like to send through. Um, you can email, you can get on the social media, however you want to communicate. We might even bring it up again over the next coming weeks. We might make it a regular check-in. The news that Jonah Hill, uh, who people would remember, played a pivotal role in Moneyball alongside Brad Pitt. He uh, was Oscar-nominated for his role in Wolf of Wall Street. Of course, I still remember him from Superbad, which I thought still to this day is a hilarious film. Um, he and his production company are putting this movie together. I think it's going to be directed by a, a Greek Aussie uh, director. Um, Jonah Hill is going to play John Daly in a movie <laughs> of John Daly's life. Um, wow. This this is the uh, beer drinking, cigar yeah. smoking, big hitting John Daly, one of the most enigmatic. Um, I, I, he's, he's an iconic figure yes, in golf. Absolutely. How do you see John Daly? Oh, look, I've played a, Quite a few times with John, and he's just one of the nicest guys out yeah. on the golf course. He's he is what he looks like, and 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 sort of you know carries on like on TV. He's just a very gregarious kind of guy. Now, obviously, off the course, he he has his own personal demons, and he fully admits to that. Um, I think in Jonah Hill, they've found the perfect guy to play him. Now, the biggest issue and the toughest thing about golf movies is finding people that can swing the golf club like the players they want to swing like. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Costner when he was Tin Cup. They had to work with him pretty hard to get that golf swing, which looked reasonably, you know, uh, useful. Uh, Matt Damon in what was that bag of Vance? I mean, that was a tough one. His golf swing didn't look very good, no. but they, you know, they can edit and copy and do all that sort of mm. stuff the way they do it now. Whether they give Jonah Hill lessons as to how to swing the club like 
John does, who knows? I mean, maybe they'll just superimpose someone else in there. I don't know. I hope not. It'll be, yeah. No, and no, I hope not as well. But I think they've found the perfect character. Now, we were talking about maybe, you know, some other famous golfers. And who, who would you get to, uh, to play them? Uh, well, I always thought that if Norman was going to have a movie done of his life, then mm. maybe Robert Redford would be. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. The natural. The only thing with Redford, I think he's a lefty though. So because oh, remember that's he, right. He, that's uh, right. He was he Roy Hobbs too. in the natural and, and he hit left-handed. So I'm not sure he could, but you know, maybe they can make him a switch hitter for the. You've for the got week. one that is, but is, is a well-known one. I've got, well, that's, uh, that'd be Nick Faldo. Yep. I mean, the obvious choice there, what they've always said was Harrison Ford. You know, you have Han Solo playing Nick Faldo <laughs> <laughs> or Indiana Jones. Uh, yeah. That's a good one. What about yours? You had one for Phil Mickelson, right? Emilio Estevez. Oh, yeah. That's a real Go and look at them. Side, and if you're listening right now, you need to, to Google these and put them side by side. Uh, that's a dead, that is spot on. Um, Ricky Fowler mm-hmm. and Zac Efron. So I've gone Zach and I've done some investigating, knowing that we were going to talk about this, and I've found some lookalikes. You found the shaggy haircut? I've, yeah, the, the the sweep, the Bieber sweep, <laughs> um, where, that he was rolling with at the time, uh, Ricky Fowler. Wow, love it. Um, love it. Of course, they always thought that Colin Montgomery would be played by who? Well, yeah, they always said Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah, Robin but... Williams, off uh, off that famous movie. I mean, Tiger Lake Woods. Right. Is, well, Tiger Woods is an interesting one. What do you think there? Well, everyone will say Will Smith, but yeah. I don't think if they were to make no. a movie now that Will Smith would get that invite. So I will say, mm-hmm. I probably would have said, um, uh, you and I were speaking off air about it. Um, oh, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick, yeah, yeah, I would have probably said away, Chadwick obviously. Boseman. Mm-hmm. So maybe someone like um, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I like that. He was uh, off Creed, wasn't he? Yeah, but you know, Creed. Tiger's been asked this before, who would play him. Really? He okay. said that. Denzel would play him younger and Samuel L. Jackson would play him older. Now, I, one of those guys is 67, the other one's 73. There's not a heap, there's not a heap of difference. It must be a young Denzel or whatever. And, and yeah. Samuel, well, he could get the uh, he could get the mother-fathers going pretty easily as well with Tiger often on the course as well, which he's a bit renowned for as well. You know, he lets the odd the, uh, curse words slip out there. The Aussies... Um, uh, Adam Scott. Well, there is an actor called Adam Scott mm. who was in uh, Parks and Rec. Uh, he oh, was in okay. Step Brothers. He was the uh, the, the the mean older yep. brother. Yep. Um, okay. So he, I don't know if he would actually play him. Yeah. yeah. They thought people thought Hayden Christensen was a good. Yeah, I like that. But you know who, who I think looks like. Adam is Hayden Scott Christensen is, uh, can't act. Yeah. Well, uh, Adam Scott. I think a lookalike is uh, Ashton Agar. You know, the, the the cricketer. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But oh, that is too. I don't think he can act either. Well, you know who's a lookalike for Harrison Crowe. Jack Ginnivan, who plays for Collingwood. You put them up side by okay. side. There's a, there We're is going a down another rabbit hole here. I've got another but, one for you. Jim Furyk, to be played by, well, unfortunately, dearly departed, uh, the late, great Bob Saget would have been a good mm, one. Yeah, you could find a couple of good photos of them together, and that would be very similar. Yeah. Um, and there's another one that I found, Paul Azinger. If People who watch Curb Your Enthusiasm will know this. If you don't know it, if you don't know Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David, who created Seinfeld, his, his show that's been going for nine or 11 seasons, Marty Funkhauser, the guy that plays Marty Funkhauser, um, is a dead ringer for Paul Azinger. Okay, I'll have to look that one up. Yeah, the zinger. So there's a few. <laughs> we'll keep this going. It's a theme that we'll keep checking in on, who's going to play who in a movie uh, about golf. Uh, and we might even go down the trap of favourite golfing movies, but that's for another day. Uh, we've got to finish up with uh, the ping, how to play your best golf tip and uh, the big swing golf course of the week. That's next on Off the Tee. 
You're listening to Off The Tee with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Listen back to any part of the show you might have missed by subscribing to the Off The Tee podcast. Make sure you use Ping Golf Equipment so you can play your best. Ping Golf Equipment is custom engineered, custom fit, and custom built for you to play your best. Nick Ahern's book, How to Play Your Best Golf. Nick Ahern, last week we spoke about how to play in really uh, heavy rain. I want to ask you, now that the rain, and for those where it hasn't stopped, I apologize, but I did play yesterday, and whilst there was no rain, it was really, really heavy, and, and the rain had had a real impact on the course, so it was really heavy underfoot. Of course, it held up immaculately, by the way, but really slow greens, like wet underfoot. How do you play in those conditions where it might not actually be raining, but it's rain affected on the mm. ground? Yeah, that makes conditions very soft. So the course is going to play at its longest, basically. So hitting into greens, take the extra club because the ball, when it lands, it's going to stop pretty quickly. It's mm. not going to roll out as we're used to here in Australia with the drier weather. So take an extra club into the greens, off the tee, you're not going to get much roll, unfortunately. So you've got to allow for that as well. And some courses you might even get preferred lies, so at least you get to lift, clean, and place it. Now, on the greens, because they're a bit slower, that means they're not going to break as much, so you don't allow as much break. And the other thing is you just need to take a much longer backswing because they're slower. Don't try and hit the putts harder. Just take a longer backswing so you get that more of that momentum going and you'll be able to get the ball to the hole a bit more. The amount of par threes that I turn from birdie putts into bogeys. Yeah. It just really... And I'm thinking you left them all short, didn't you? Yes, all of them. And little chips around the green too. I left it because exactly what you said, I couldn't get any... So I know the greens, I couldn't get any release and run. Yeah, so in that case, you almost want to either... Hit a, hit a very straight face club and roll it all the way like that or carry it all the way to the hole because it's going to stop and land softly. That's yeah. the other option. Do you think I would have learned after 18 <laughs> holes of it? But no. Um, now, I did play because you get paired up with people as you're going around these days. They lot people to get four out and get as many going as possible. Scottish guy uh, and a big hello uh, to the two guys that I had the pleasure of playing um, with um, and um, Sean and Chris. Um Chris was born in Scotland and started playing at Loch Lomond. And we are very fortunate on this show to be supported by Big Swing Golf. Indoor golf, real fun, fast. Play the featured course at Big Swing Golf. Book at bigswinggolf.com.au. So I thought course of the week, it's on our list. Mm. Loch Lomond, he started playing golf there, Scottish bloke. Um, That's where he learnt to play the game. And I thought, well, Nick can tell us about uh, what it's like to play that course. And then you can go play it at Big Swing Golf. Exactly. I can. I played several Scottish Opens there. Tom Weisskopf designed course. It's actually, it's it's weird. It's an American-style golf course in Scotland because Tom is obviously an American and recently passed away, unfortunately, one of the nicest guys out there. But he designed a beautiful golf course. It sits next to Loch... Well, Loch Lomond, obviously, uh, maybe Loch Ness might be not that far away. You might see a monster out there, but it has some <laughs> of the most pristine greens that you will ever put on. And some of the views are incredible. The 18th hole, especially, is a beautiful par four dog leg left. You've got to hit a long carry to get over the hazard and then a wonderful second shot into the green. You'll see a couple of castles out there as well nice. uh, on Big Swing Golf. It's just a beautiful place to play. Play that featured course at Big Swing Golf. Book at bigswinggolf.com.au. It's Big Swing Golf. It's indoor. It's real. It's fun. It's fast. You will have a brilliant time. They do parties. We're coming up to Christmas party season. Tell your boss that's where you want to go. They've got their own league. They've got other sports they do. You can do it all at Big Swing Golf. Just check out their website. 
Um, time goes fast when you're having fun, Nick Ahern. It certainly does, yeah, unfortunately. Um, but that's just the way it is. And I've got one big announcement. Please. Before we finish, we've got the Aussie summer, you know, schedule coming up, the Aussie Open, the PGA. But two days and? after <laughs> is the Cathedral Invitational. Hey. And we've got a big signing. Kari Webb is oh. coming. The seven-time major winner. She's coming to play. Can't wait. You're not gonna. You, you can't top that. That's that is big. That's massive. I'm gonna have to start really practicing hard. You are. <laughs> you are. You're gonna have to start reading your own book. Uh, until next week. And if you next week when you join us, if you've got some lookalikes, who's gonna play who in a movie? And um, we won't even have a chat about the greatest golfing movies of all time as well. This has been off the tee. Big thanks to Ping. A big big thanks to Big Swing Golf. Big thanks to you, Nick Ahern. We'll speak to you all next week. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.